Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to The Blackout. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. We're coming to you from bellyupsports.com, and it's time for our Week 4 Pick'em Pod with a lot of exciting matchups on the board, a couple of top 25 matchups, and a lot of interesting stuff going down in conference play because we're getting deeper in the season. Alan, welcome back in. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the juicier matchups and close games and the uh, you know, a, a clean slate, a chance to move forward and uh, just get better. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and look at the standings to update everybody about where we are in first place. We have Tim with 126 points. Get this, Alan. He has gone 23 and 7 in his picks through the first three weeks. That is leaps and bounds ahead of where anybody else is in the pick'em group. And because of it, he has a 10 point lead over the rest of the pack, even ahead of second place. Oh yeah. It, it's quite remarkable for him to, to be that far ahead after three weeks. He's 10 points up on second place. We have a new person sitting in second place right now. That is Bruce. He's got 116 points coming off a nine and one week where he scored 50 points, one pick away from getting that $25 gift card that we have up for grabs in the weekly giveaway. And Alan, he's in the driver's seat for a pair of Yeet sunglasses and a $50 Visa gift card. That's what you get for second place if you can finish there in the season-long competition with the Blackout Podcast. That's good. That Those sunglasses can cover up that ugly mug of his. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan, for an update on where we are, we both had good weeks. I'm now in a tie for third overall. I've got 115 points, 11 points back of our leader, Tim, just one point behind Bruce. I came away with a 45-point week. And Alan, you're up into the top 20 for the first time. You're in a tie for 16th with 107 points total, 19 points back of Tim, but you had a 43-point week really pushing you up the leaderboard. So we're both in much better spots after our week three picks, Alan. Moving on up, baby. Here we come. All right. Are you ready to dive into some value picks? Yes, I am. All right. As we do each and every week, we will dive in and we will give you two value picks. Because I came away with the weekly lead last week, scoring 45 versus Allen's 43, I will start us off. So, Allen, for my top value play this week, I'm going to look up at a matchup between Iowa State and Baylor. In this one, we have the Cyclones as a seven 
point favorite as we record here on Tuesday nights. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to look at with this game. We have a Baylor team that seems to be very, very improved on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know what's happened, but Dave Aranda and his defensive mindset seem like they're taking shape and moving forward a little bit. This is a team that through three games is averaging over 320 rushing yards per game and total offensively, they're averaging over 560 yards per game. It all starts with the running backs, Treston Ebner and Abram Smith. Uh, That dynamic duo has done an awesome job so far. And then slowly but surely, I think they open up things on the outside with Jerry Bohannon at quarterback, RJ Sneed and Tyquan Thornton at wide receiver. Alan, it's been really impressive what they have done. But on the other hand, they're going up against an experienced team with Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, uh, who I think have really gotten things kind of figured out after that loss to Iowa we saw earlier this season. Xavier Hutchinson on the outside has been really good, and they've got an experienced defense. So as we look at this thing, I'm going to harken back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Iowa State in that matchup with Iowa, sure it was a loss. They lost by 10, but they outgained Iowa a bunch in that game. I think they were the better team. And like we talked about, if we had to pick that game again, we'd both be on the side of the Cyclones. So I'm looking at this thing with Baylor, and I think, hey, an improved team in Baylor versus an experienced team in Iowa State, what's the difference? Well, all the yardage, all the rushing that Baylor has piled up, look at the teams they've played. Texas State, Texas Southern, and Kansas. Allen, I don't know if there's been a worse slate of three teams that anyone has played in the country. So in this game, I'm looking at the Cyclones as a seven-point favorite. Allen, I think their experience, all the talent they return on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, I think all of that pays out in this game. And ultimately, I like where Matt Campbell has his program in year six versus where Dave Aranda has his program in year two. So I like the Iowa State Cyclones in this game as a seven-point favorite. If you're going by the spread, you would have the Cyclones at a confidence level of six. But Alan, I'm going to boost that this week. And I'm going to say the confidence value for me for the Cyclones against Baylor is going to fall in at an eight on my board. I can appreciate that. I I really trust Matt Campbell. You know, I really like that program. I can tell you what happened to Baylor's offense. Charlie Brewer's not their quarterback anymore. <laughs> I, I think that as we've seen this past year, uh, these past couple of games at Utah, that's that's kind of problematic. He's kind of like Garantano. He's got this black cloud that just hovers over him wherever he goes at this point. No offense to you, Charlie Brewer, if you are an unlikely listener to this podcast. And we, you know, God Godspeed to you. But um, I, I think that's a um, that, that's something that has probably helped them a good bit. Um, but I, I'm with you there. I've, I've got Iowa State. I trust them. I like Brees Hall to be able to run the ball. Uh, I think Brock Purdy will um, be able to limit turnovers. Chances are he's not going to have another horrible game like he did against Iowa. And as we've seen, Iowa's defense is legit, far superior to what somebody like Baylor's going to be able to put up in year two of the new regime. So well, I, I'm with you there. I think that's a really good pick. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, To me, I'm thinking even if Dave Aranda has really truly made a massive difference with this offense, 
which I'm still a little bit skeptical of because there were times this Baylor team looked pretty good a year ago, but it was mostly against the bad teams they played. Well, that's all they've played so far this year. So I'm just thinking it makes some sense that a more experienced, more talented defense, I think, can hold them in check. And even if we wind up in a close game, I really trust Brock Purdy and what he can do on the field. Like you said, probably not turning the ball over like he did against Iowa. I like Brees Hall. So even if it's a close game, I still like the Cyclones to come out on top. I don't necessarily think they're going to blow out Baylor, but I think that there's a lot of ability and a lot of times these teams match up that Iowa State's probably just the better team. Yep, I, I agree. And they've got to play that that travels. It, it's going to travel well. Um, they got a good defense. They've got a, a good running game. That that's going to travel well, regardless of where you're at. I like it. I'm glad you're in agreement, Alan. Where are you going for your top value pick this week? Hey, let's let's go back to uh, let's go back to Big Twelve land. Um, I'm going back to uh, my my classic favorite because I I love the purple. I love its royalty. I'm going with Kansas State over Oklahoma State on the road. Right. So this is at Oklahoma State. And um, so this is an interesting game. Oklahoma State is a six-point favorite at this point, which would put them as a four on your board. I'm going to have Kansas State as my one or two. Here's kind of where I'm going with this. Will Howard will start in place of the injured Skylar Thompson. I really like Skylar Thompson, um, but Will Howard is sufficient. Here's the beauty of what they're doing defensively. Kansas State only allows – 15 points per game and more importantly only 54 yards of rushing neither of these teams can throw the ball worth a dang right so I think this is going to be a tight game but I like Deuce Vaughn to make some plays as one of the top running backs in the nation and I and I expect a good defensive team to to be able to to take advantage of of Spencer Sanders even at home and and I, I think that that this setting up for Kansas State to to pull the the straight upset and like I said I've got Kansas State as my one or two game. I think there's a lot of strategy involved there. I support you in your pick, Alan. I honestly can't tell you where I'm ultimately going to fall on this game, but I think what will help. Uh, and show some agreement whether I'm on Kansas State or not is I feel very unsure about this one. So ultimately, whichever side I'm on, I think it's going to fall as one of those lower games, probably in that two or three range, maybe even you know at the bottom of the board. So I, I think that to me alone says that I generally support what you're saying. I don't know if I'm going to end up on the side of the Wildcats or not, but you mentioned Deuce Vaughn. He's a nightmare for defenses to cover. I really like the advantage they carry there. Uh, Ultimately, I'm just going to have to dig really deep into this matchup to figure out which side I'm going to land on. But I can tell you for sure, it's going to be very low on my board and probably, I think, most likely end up lower than a four, even if I'm on Oklahoma State. So in philosophy alone, I agree with you that this game should be pushed down if you're on Oklahoma State or if you want to flip over on Kansas State. I, I wouldn't blame people for having that one low as well. Yeah, there's no way I would trust Oklahoma State at a four. At the very minimum, right? There's there's no way I'm pushing them up into that midsection of the board. Um, I, I just I think that Kansas State's going to be good enough. They beat what has become a a pretty darn proficient uh, Stanford team, and uh, surprisingly, and and beat them handily in week one of the year. 
And so uh, we'll see kind of where this goes. But uh, I, I'm trusting Kansas State more than I trust really Spencer Sanders at this point. Yeah, I can't blame you there. So let's go ahead and move on to our second value picks of the day. Alan, for mine, I'm going to go just where you went a minute ago. I'm calling for an upset this time. I'm looking at UTSA on the road at Memphis. I know it's a road game, and for the Memphis Tigers as a three-point favorite, I understand that this program has been fairly established and good for a number of years, but I'm looking at UTSA as a program that is on the rise. I like where Jeff Trailer has this team. I like the fact that they're undefeated so far and have a win at Illinois. Memphis is undefeated as well, but you mentioned it in our Pick'em Rewind with the things that have gone on in some of our games with referees. Memphis was really, really fortunate to beat Mississippi State 31-29 this past weekend. They were outgained in that game 468-246, and yet they come out on top. Part of that was the... Uh, punt return I believe they had a fumble or a pick six in there as well that got them on the board early in that game their offense did about nothing against Mississippi State and I like the defense that UTSA has on the field Alan another thing I really like about this game is Memphis has no defense whatsoever it's the same thing from a year ago you look back at a couple weeks ago at what they did against Arkansas State both teams had six 180 yards of offense exactly. But what did that Arkansas State team do afterwards? They played Washington. Remember a couple weeks ago when we talked about Washington, how putrid that offense is? Well, Arkansas State gave up nearly 600 yards of offense to them. So, Alan, I think I'm looking at the Bulldogs of Mississippi State held this Memphis offense to 246. I don't think UTSA is going to do that, but I think UTSA in a game where both offenses are going to have a lot of success, I think UTSA's defense is built to get more stops than Memphis. So I like UTSA on the road coming away with the upset. So Memphis as a three-point favorite, if you're slotting it according to the spread, you would have the confidence value as the lowest on the board this week at a level one. But Alan, I'm calling for the upset. I like UTSA. Give me the Roadrunners in this matchup at a two, maybe a three or four on my board. Somewhere in that range. I think a two to a four is where I'll have UTSA come the weekend. And and looking at this, I really hadn't had the chance to do a deep dive on it. But I was was torn in just looking at it because I was not overly impressed with Memphis this past week. I wasn't overly impressed that they barely beat the Butch Jones – led Arkansas State uh, team. The, 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 I mean, Lord, that's the Washington beating them that bad is the Butch Jones effect, my man. That's that, that's what's going on there because Blake Anderson is doing mighty fine with his 3-0 and Utah State team. And uh, so I'm, I'm fascinated by um, – by this game because I can I can clearly see some of the deficiencies of Memphis and so I you know the only reason this one is is a, really a toss-up is because it's at Memphis and you could maybe see them uh, finding a way to get hot but I, I'm I'm with you that that Memphis is not nearly as impressive as a win against Mississippi State makes them sound like. And I'll throw another name out there for you. Sincere McCormick, the running back for UTSA, is really, really good. He piled up about 1,500 yards rushing a year ago, 
And on top of that, UTSA brings back almost every single starter from a year ago. They were a pretty good football team a year ago. On the other hand, Memphis is replacing a a decent bit on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. I just think as this game goes on, I think both of these teams score a lot of points, but I think UTSA has really positioned themselves well as a program. I think Jeff Trailer has the team in a good spot, and I think UTSA rolling through their season undefeated, they got that win against Illinois out of the way early. For Memphis, having that win over Mississippi State just this past weekend, I think there's a possibility of some hangover effect there as well. I think that's another reason that UTSA may come in this game a little bit more motivated maybe than Memphis does. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. The fact that that they've got so many returning starters is is a it's a very big deal on the road. It just it just is. And establishing a program really feels like they they've got some things moving in the right direction. Alan, where are you going for your second value pick this week? All right, here we go, man. I, I mentioned Stanford just a, a few minutes ago that that they were a proficient team, especially with with Tanner McKee. With that being said, I'm not so fasting my 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 own cell. I've got UCLA actually covering uh, their line. So th- this is a, a kind of a, an interesting thing with UCLA being a four-and-a-half-point road favorite at Stanford. I don't believe at this point Stanford is most likely has as classes back because at this point there's never any students in the, in the stand. So it's, it's not a super tough road game. Um, UCLA had a bad game last week. They lost – to Fresno State, but as we've seen, um, Fresno State is a really good team that almost beat Oregon as well, to the point that they very, very much could have won that game. Tanner McKee's been much, uh, very, very efficient, but Stanford struggles to stop the run, allowing 210 yards per game, and UCLA runs the ball a good bit in Chip Kelly's offense, averaging 190 yards per game. UCLA struggles against the pass. That's the reason Fresno State beat them. They allow 342 yards per game, and and that's mostly stats from LSU, who loves to throw the ball all over the yard, and Fresno State. But that, in my opinion, is not a place that Stanford is able to take full advantage of because they only average about 215 yards per game. So with that being said, I've got UCLA not being just a two, which is where they would be on your board. I'm sliding them up to that four to six range in the middle of my board. I really like it, Alan. UCLA has been really good this season, even with the loss to Fresno State. That's a team that can really throw the ball all over the place. I know this Stanford offense has been better with Tanner McKee, and I think he's been a big upgrade. I think they're more dangerous in the passing game, but I don't know if he's fully capable of taking advantage of an experienced, veteran, talented UCLA defense. So I think I'm leaning the same direction with you. This is one that I've gone back and forth in my mind as well, but I think I'm sticking with UCLA. You mentioned that running game and what they have with Zach Charbonnet and company. I think the Bruins have a good team. We talked about them a year ago. I don't think anything has changed in my opinion of them coming off a loss with Fresno State. So I like where your head's at with this one. Uh, If I'm sticking with UCLA, which I think I will, uh, I can guarantee you they're going to be higher on my board than a two as well in comparison to some of the other matchups we have. So in essence, I'm in agreement with you. I have to solidify that I'm on them. uh, But at first glance and at belief of what these two teams are, I think I'm with the Bruins as well. 
I like it. I appreciate that. Thank you for the support, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Alan, anything else you want to cover? I don't think so. Just best of luck to, to all you goons and, and gals out there today. Um, you know, this is this is exciting as we get into week four. We get into more and more conference matchups and everything just gets a little more exciting, a little juicier. As always, you can find Alan and me on Twitter. You can find Alan himself at AD on the blackout. You can find me at TB on the blackout. And of course, one of the biggest things you can do is rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That is a big help to us. Alan, the next thing people can look forward to is this week. I've got an interview coming up on Thursday with Tyler Horka. He's a beat reporter for Notre Dame for Blue and Gold Illustrated. So he's going to be discussing with me a whole lot about this week's matchup between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. That's a neutral site matchup in Chicago, a big time game there. That's going to be a blast to watch with two big time programs, two ranked teams. I can't wait for that. And Alan, uh, it's going to be a big week because to me, this is one of the pick'em weeks that Again, really this whole season so far, I think the first four weeks have been very, very difficult to pick. And uh, I think there's a lot at play this week, too, that really could toss and turn the standings and where people sit. So I'm glad that we sit at least in a reasonably comfortable for you and a very comfortable spot for me up toward the top of the standings because uh, I I don't know how this week's going to turn out, but uh, I think that it could go uh, many different directions. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, it, there's there's a lot of possibilities. It's gonna be um, it, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It is going to be a blast, and uh, we wish each and every one of you good luck. And of course, tune into that interview that I'll have later this week to preview the Fighting Irish and the Badgers. And uh, of course, tune in next week with week five, where Alan and I will be back with you for a Pick'em Rewind and a Pick'em Pod and so much more here on The Blackout. Alan, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.